Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience out there. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he, Yeah, exactly. But hey, you can for all you want. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Disney fight. <laughs> <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. <laughs> oh. uh, so many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hello again. What's up? We meet... For the first time, for the last, I don't want to go with that. Well, come on, man, talk. Fill the space up. Fill the space. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No empty space. Got to keep talking. Got to keep talking. Sorry. I have any empty space. Keep going. We are going to talk about today, if you were paying attention to last week's episode, we already, I told you what it was. (laughs) So we're just going to start talking about it without naming the movie. We're not going to say the name (laughs) of the movie. We're just going to be like, yo, uh, Keanu Reeves is in this. (laughs) We're talking about Constantine, the 2005 comic book adaptation, right? Graphic I, IMDb listed as action fantasy horror, but it is a comic Interesting. book adaptation. Fantasy, uh, you say? So for those that don't know, John, uh, Constantine is an adaptation of the Hellblazer comics. It's about a supernatural exorcist slash supernatural detective, John Constantine, who is part psychic and battles the forces of hell in order to clear his own name as being someone who can see the other side when he was younger it got the best of him. He tried to commit suicide, and now he's basically his, he's fated to hell no matter what he does. So he's trying to gain favor with God by putting as many demons in hell as he can. We catch him at toward the end of his life as he has lung cancer for smoking too much, and he's in a rush to try to get into heaven when he stumbles upon Angela Dotson, whose sister just committed suicide, and is somehow linked, he finds out, to the birth of Satan's son in the real world, the Antichrist coming into our world and taking over Earth. So he is in a fight to stop that from happening while gaining favor with God and trying to get into heaven. And it's a, a nice R-rated action uh, horror thriller. Constantine <laughs> is 121 minutes. It's rated R. I has uh, a production budget of $100 million, which I did not realize, but that makes sense because it's got a lot of effects in it. It came out on February 18th, 2005. So it is a 15-year-old movie. Uh, wow, we're old. That opening, makes me feel really <laughs> Opening <about it>. weekend, <laughs> uh, gross opening weekend, $29 million, Domestic, 75 Worldwide, 230 So clearly it was big internationally. Yes. Which is, I'm very surprised we have not seen a sequel. I know that they talk about it recently, but I'm surprised we have not seen one. All the time. I know Keanu Reeves is really game for a sequel. He really liked playing the character. It's been 15 years, though. I mean, ugh. Now he's even more grizzled and uh, grizzled. And as I was saying, it was released February 18th, 2005, the same day as Because of Win Dixie. Ah, because of Win Dixie. I've not seen that movie. And Son of Mask. And I unfortunately have seen that movie. Uh, Ooh, the, you have even. I love the uh, mask. And even I haven't seen the whole thing. I've only seen it. I think it was a mistake. I was flipping stuff around. I lost the remote and it was just on. Uh, the week before to the 11th <laughs> of February, you had Hitch and Pooh's Heffalump movie. Did you see those? 
I saw Hitch. I have not seen Hitch. My girlfriend keeps wanting me no, to watch Hitch, and I have okay. not seen it. Tell your girlfriend it's fine. You don't have to watch oh, Hitch. Oh damn! It's, not, it's, it's fine. It's not any. You're not missing if you don't Will see Smith it. Will Smith and uh, Kevin James almost kiss. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> okay, good for that. I have seen Pooh's Half Up movie. Oh, good for you. That's probably the better one. I, I don't know. I just I wasn't really like uh, I wasn't like oh my Hitch is so great. I just it was it was a movie, so you know whatever. Uh, I, I'm no I'm sure it did was very popular. Um, the week after Constantine came out, so the 25th, you had Cursed, which is the Wes Craven werewolf movie with Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg. Man of the House, I think that's with, uh, who is in that? Hulk Hogan? No. No, I know, I know which one you're thinking of, but no, it's not the Hulk who Hogan one. Man of the House is, um, oh man. Eh, whatever. And Diary of a Mad Black Woman. That is a Tyler Perry movie. I should have said Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, February is usually... Uh, back then, even 15 years ago, because Valentine's Day has become a big weekend for movies. Are you looking it up, what Man of the House is? It's Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, right. That's right, because uh, <laughs> he's um uh, he's a Texas Ranger, and yeah. he's there with the cheerleaders. I actually don't mind that movie. Uh, <laughs> it was pre- He's pretty funny, because he's like a... He's like a Grizzled old man. Right. Yeah. Dead, yeah. Um, okay. What was I thinking of? Suburban Commando? Something like that. I, I know the movie you're thinking of, and it's like, okay. oh, you know why? <laughs> I, I know why I'm thinking of Suburban Commando because one of the writers who wrote this movie wrote Suburban Commando. There you go. Okay. And I don't even know if that's with Hulk Hogan, but regardless. Uh, so the reason why I put Curse, I guess, would probably be a. a a competition for Constantine? Kind of. I mean, Constantine is horror and the fact that it deals with heaven and hell and demons, but it's not really a horror film. It, yeah, it no, I agree. It deals with angel and demons more of an action kind of way. Yeah, I agree. And also, it's also a comic book adaptation or a graphic novel, like I said before. So you're going to have that more of uh, an action vibe to it. Right. But I, like I said, what I, we were trying to figure out what Man of the House was, what I was saying before that was that the Valentine's Day weekend back then wasn't, a big time like now it is like now there's always something coming out i wouldn't say big but to try to cater to because that's a busy weekend because everyone's going a date night dinner and a movie right and you had last year i think it isn't it romantic that came out on the valentine's this year you have uh, i mean the fantasy island horror movie horror movie but you also have the week before you have the uh harley quinn movie uh right, birds of prey right. so that might be something that carries over it's really a, it's really not really romantic no i get you but i i what i'm saying it's becoming a time when they want to release movies because they think that people are in the theaters looking to do something they're out that weekend right they're going out on dates and maybe they want to do a movie that's good for right. both of them and right. not just like hey let's do the schmaltzy correct movie right so this uh constantly was directed by francis lawrence he also directed i am legend water for actually i think he got this movie from i am legend right no this no. was his very first feature director okay. debut. he did water for elephants and he's done a bunch of the hunger game movies uh, i just saw hunger games and there were a list of them i didn't really read he did all of he, he did. did all the hunger games and he also did red sparrow he didn't do all recently. the hunger games no, because it was a female director who did the first one, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure he did all of them. Really? No, I'm pretty sure the first one was a female director. I'm on it, man. I'm on it. All right. All right. You're 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 uh you're kinda right. Well it's not Francis Lawrence, but it's not a lady, it's Gary Ross. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. I'm thinking of Twilight. I'm thinking of Catherine Hardwick from Twilight. Oh, okay. that's what I'm thinking of. I, I always confuse Twilight with, with Hunger Games because it kind of like the the YA novel stuff. The last two are just as bad as Twilight. So that's, well, the that's important funny. thing is that we were both right. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, I just spit all over my computer. Ew. I know, right? Kevin Broadbent is the writer. I believe that, again, I don't... The last last week we did where I didn't 
realize if it was they wrote it together. I think one rewrote the other. Well, I watched Ooh, the special features. Go for it. So I think Frank okay. A. Capello wrote the wrote the film, and then Kevin Broadbin was brought in again after. Okay, so Broadbin had done previously the Glimmer Man, and the Siege of oh, I can't <laughs> say this name Jadoville Jadoville. I think that's an Australian movie. I saw Mindhunters, which is another uh, one. That's yeah, about it. yeah. Frank Capello did Suburban Commando, like I talked about before. Yes, he did. He was a quiet man, which I did see. Yes. Uh, cinematography by Philippe Rosalat, Rosalet, Rosalo. Uh, he is an Academy Award winner for A River Runs Through It. He did The Nice Guys, which we are doing in a couple weeks. And he's also uh, he's also the Fantastic Beast, Sherlock Holmes, Dan- Dangerous Liaisons. But he's also doing the Without Remorse movie that's coming out. Oh, is he? Yeah. The- he also did an interview with The Vampire, which I really like the yep. look of that film as well. Yep. Uh, music by, well, music by... Brian Tyler, he did the he did the original score, and then they brought in Klaus Klaus Badelt or Badelt to just kind of, as they say, uh, during the comedic moments. Uh, to, exactly, I read that. I was like, what? He um, so Tyler, ready or not, timeline frailty, Iron Man three, Avengers, uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, Klaus is part of the Caribbean, the Poseidon, uh, the um, the remake Poseidon and the Identical. That was the movie about. Saddam Hussein's uh, sons, I believe. They're doubles or something like that. Or is that the double? I don't know. Anyways. The one where the bodyguard looks exactly like the guy? Maybe that's maybe I'm wrong there. But anyways, who cares? Produced by a bunch of people, but Laura Shula Donner, Akiva Gold, Kiva's Goldman, Gold, excuse me, Akiva Goldsman, mm-hmm. and Lorenzo D. Bonaventura. Bonaventura? Yes. yes. Excuse me. Apologies. Um, so it has a lot of producers on this movie, whether they maybe they were on at various points in, in terms of its production. And we just talked about like it was seven years that they met. And then seven years later, they did the movie. Maybe people came on and off, on and off kind of well, thing. Akiva Goldman, I think, became a producer because they wanted him to do a rewrite on it. But he actually enjoyed he liked the voice of Constantine so much and the style of the original script that he decided he just wanted to be a producer. He did not want to do a rewrite because he didn't want to touch the script. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it, and Constantine is a really uh, it's a really good character. And that's played by Keanu Reeves. and. I mean, people know who he is, right? So, like, I don't need to tell you he's in The Matrix, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted Facing Music coming up. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Rachel Weisz as Angela Dodson, and she also plays the twin Isabella Dodson. Uh, Rachel Weisz is from Miss Weisz is from The Mummy. Uh, she's an Oscar award winner for The Constant Gardener. She's also in the favorite the more recently, Shia LaBeouf or LeBeouf or LaBeouf or whatever. LaBeouf. Is, I don't care. Is Chaz Kramer. <laughs> um, Transformers, Indy 4, and obviously his new movie, Honey Boy, which he's getting some rare reviews, which I have not seen. You haven't seen either, right? Not, not yet. I want to see it. Yishimon Hansu is Midnight. We know if you had listened to our Legend That's of Tarzan episode. Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. <laughs> uh, Legends of Tarzan episode. He is in that. He's also he is nominated for two Academy Awards, one for Blood Diamond. He's also in In America, which I always talk about. Uh, Gavin Rossdale's in this movie from the lead singer from Bush, yep. uh, the band Bush. He plays Balthazar. Tilda Swinton plays Gabriel. She's also an Academy Award winner for Michael Clayton, which is a fantastic film. She's also in Snowpiercer and Burn After Reading. That's another episode that we did with our friend Andrew Borgman from the Nomcast. You got a free plug there, Andrew. <laughs> Peter Stormare is, plays Satan from Fargo, The Lost World, and Minority Report. Max Baker is Beeman. He, you might have seen him in Revolutionary Road, so sad, and The Time Machine. <laughs> Pruitt Taylor Vance is Father Hennessy, and people might know him from X Files because he's in an, is he in the Small Potatoes X uh, episode? Uh, he, I'm not he's sure the episode where he tells people who he yes. is. Yes, because he has the tail. Right. Yep. 
Uh, he's also from Beautiful Girls and Identity. What do we have Identity on our list? I thought we did. It is on our list. Yes. yes. I'm not a huge fan, but I could be changed. <laughs> uh, and then I have Michelle Monaghan in this, and I didn't realize. I knew she was in this because I remember at, she's at the end when she gets the holy water on her. Yeah. She goes holy water. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's Michelle Monaghan, and she's uncredited because they cut her. She's in. She's all in the deleted scenes. Yep. There's a ton of deleted scenes with her. Actually. There's three deleted scenes. There's three separate deleted scenes where they're having the same conversation because they clearly didn't want to get rid of the character. They just didn't know where to put her. Right. So that's clearly an issue right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of the movie itself. Um, I had seen Constantine con- consistently. I, you know, I'm going to start. I want to start off with something real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because we always bring this to the end. But I want to talk. About, I want to I want to know why we have this on this now. Why do we think this is forgotten? Because we uh, we always say that for the end, but I want to do it now. Here's my thing. I love this movie. OK, I didn't put this on the list. I put it on the list. You no, put I it didn't. On the list. Yes, I, that's that is you put true. it on the list. I picked it out of the out of our selection, but hang you on. put it in the hang selection. On. Hang on. It is my it was my pick right now to put it in this. Hold season. the damn phone. I put, oh, I put it on the main list. You put it on the main okay. list. I put it in the season. Okay, so then why'd you pick it for this? Well, why did I pick it? I, I love this, this movie. movie. That's why I picked it for this list. I wanted to talk about it and watch it again. Um, why did I pick this movie? I mean, because it's. I mean, I guess it's forgotten. I mean, it's kind of a, it's different because it is a big movie. It made money, and yet it's nobody really talks well, about. They don't it do. A, there's no sequel from there's it. No sequel. They just always about? talk about a sequel. Right. But it's it's a different kind of movie. I think the fact that it's so horror driven and superhero driven, it's like an action horror. And I feel like where where does it belong in people's genres? Well, how about this? There there has been some kind of shift in the the perspective of Keanu Reeves, the actor, in terms of how he's such a great guy, which you know everyone's suddenly discovering. <laughs> yeah, he's such a great guy, and then everyone just loves Keanu Reeves and everything he's in now. He's you know, but like. There was a time when people were just like, Keanu Reeves, he's, they didn't like him. Like people he's a stilted actor, yeah. Right, which is unfair because that's not, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, and it was, no matter what he was in, there was always, even if people, there were people that liked his movies, but there was always a contingent of people that were just anti him. And I'm wondering if when this came out, when Constantine came out and he was in this, if that was part of why maybe it didn't go beyond that. Or maybe people didn't like because comic book adaptations are tough because you have such a a fan base, such an avid, avid fan base of comics and graphic novels where they're very not picky, but you you really need to get it right in order for people to kind of like get on board. They're very personal. It's it's I mean, you've got images and stuff, so it's a little less than a novel where it's like it's all in my head. But they've been given these images for so long. It's like they feel like a little bit of ownership about it because it's a little bit more internal because you've got this internal voice that you're giving to the characters. And in terms of Constantine, I remember when this came out, everybody on the internet was a little mad that he wasn't British. He wasn't blonde. He didn't have the brown trench coat. So everybody right off the bat before the movie even came out, hated the movie or hating on the movie. And I I had never seen Constantine before. read one of the novels, the Hellblazer novels that it's based on. So I didn't really know what they were talking about. This was the original title, the movie Hellblazer, but they changed it because it was too similar to Hellboy, which was coming out a month prior to that or a month before after. I can see that. I think calling it Constantine works a little better. Sure, yeah, I agree. I I interrupted your train of thought. Go. I I just think that right off the bat, there was a little bit of hating on it. And I feel like maybe that never really left the film after it was released, although it did well. And I think a decent amount of people like it. Mm -hmm. It still wasn't as truthful to the character. So a lot of people just are would prefer just a regular Constantine movie, the fans. Mm-hmm. And maybe the studios were just hesitant to put another one of these out when they could be, now that comic books are more of a thing and maybe producers and studios understand more about maybe what fans want, they realize that putting out that Americanized version of John Constantine just wouldn't do well in this atmosphere. 
So it's kind of put on the back burner. I got you. No, I, I, uh, I can understand that. I'm, I'm curious because it says I'm, I'm looking. What I'm doing now is looking because we said before it did well internationally, and I'm, I want to look and see where it did better internationally. Obviously, the United Kingdom came in at four million, and then you had Spain at two point seven, Italy at two point two, I can see the Germany three point eight. Yeah, so I mean, you have a let's see, Australia two point three, Japan three point six, South Korea two point eight, Russia one point two. So it it just did better uh, worldwide than it did domestic. Which I wonder. I'm just curious as to to me like seventy hundred million dollars. Let's just take out the worldwide right now. Take take don't don't let's not pay attention to internationally. Right. This movie was a hundred million dollars. It only made seventy five domestically. So it never felt like a hit here. You know what I right. mean? But I mean, seventy-five million for a film like this that doesn't really have a, a concrete place isn't that bad. I feel like it's bad today. It's bad based on a hundred million dollar budget. I would even say that if this film was made again now, it wouldn't have a hundred million dollar budget. They would have gone a little spookier, still kept the action, but maybe gone a little more into the horror aspect to keep the the budget down, where less is more in a way. Well, the budget's all in the effects. The budget is all Clearly. from all the special effects. Which nowadays you can do those same effects for a little cheaper, maybe. But I mean. You also, they don't, uh, I mean, I know this is 15 years ago, so maybe they do hold it in the same esteem as they do now, but like a movie that we had, what was it, not Warlock, uh, what's the movie that did well in China, did like 200 million, which, not witchcraft, oh, Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Warcraft. World, War, yeah, was it called World of Warcraft or just Warcraft? I, I don't know. Well, I think it's just called but Warcraft. That, but, but that movie yeah. did nothing here, nothing, and it was huge overseas. Because they just care about the effects. But, th- but to them, that's a hit. Yes. To them, that's, okay, we did it. Now, back then, I don't think they ever, I, I never felt like Constantine was a hit, just because, like I said, it didn't, it didn't do well here. Because it, it didn't even hit the budget. It, 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 we talk about production about $20 million, but we're not talking about the marketing budget. That could be another $20 million on top of that. You know Easily, what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I, I think However, maybe, we're maybe not taking, why. we never take home video sales into account. True. Because why would they keep wanting to talk about a sequel? The only reason when they mull over a sequel but not release it is because it didn't do well in the theaters, but it did well this is definitely, home release. This is definitely a movie I think that had a lot of legs after the fact. Maybe that's why I'm saying it's forgotten because in the cinema, in the theater, it never felt like it was a hit in terms of how people came to the movie, how people talked about the movie because you had him off the Matrix, you had Keanu Reeves all the other movies that he was doing, those were big. This movie never felt like one of the ones that everyone talked about when you talk about Keanu Reeves. Which right, is, yeah. Which is because you you talked briefly about the how he's supposed to be British and they took it in L.A. And I know they did the show uh, for Constantine on CW or WB a couple years ago. It was ago. NBC and moved NBC? to C- Okay. Like his character has moved to spin offs. And the guy that they, I know he's on, isn't he on the. He's on like Flash and Arrow and Legends he, of Tomorrow. Yeah, he's he like, like main, he's character, main character now. Legends. now? Yeah. Right. It's the same guy. And that's great. But I, when I, I saw a couple episodes of that guy, and I'm sure that guy's a wonderful dude. I actually like Keanu Reeves' Constantine better than him. I think. I mean, that, just different characters. I can't remember the actor's name. Matt something. I, I think the Constantine, the TV Constantine that's on now, I think given an R rating and allowed to be that got like a harder John Constantine. I think he would do a better job of being more comics accurate. Okay. I think he's a more accurate John Constantine, but the show was a watered down TVPG version of his story. Okay. Whereas John Constantine, maybe the character wasn't quite comics accurate, but the world around him was Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So you have two, different versions that need to collide together to create the perfect John Constantine. That being said, I think the film version of John Constantine, Keanu Reeves, 
is a really cool character all the same. He's just an awesome asshole. He is a great asshole. Like when he's she's got great lines. When she's like going down, he's like, hopefully not. <laughs> oh yeah. Not if I can help yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Damn it. I kept screwing that up. Sorry. Hold the door. Keep going down. What if I can help it? I love when she's like, can you just point me in the right direction? And he just like takes his cup points and he to points door. to the door to get to leave. <laughs> and his line, oh, when she talks about how her sister killed herself. But there's there's no way that's possible. I have it written down. What's, this line's great. What kind of mental patient would kill themselves? Oh, that's just crazy. <laughs> and he says it right to her face right after his sister. I'm like, oh, man, such a fucking jerk. My sister was murdered yesterday. Sorry to hear. Thanks. She was a patient at Ravenscar. She jumped off the roof. Thought you said she was murdered. Yeah, well, Isabel wouldn't have taken her own life. Yeah, what kind of mental patient kills herself? That's just crazy. One of one of my favorite lines in the movie is is when he's like, uh, when she tells him, "I don't believe in the devil." He's like, "You should. He believes in you." I was yep, like, yep. "Ooh, yeah." <laughs> and then I and then I love when when before they're gonna go fight the final fight at midnight's praying for me, and he turns him. He's like, "Come on," and he just walks away. <laughs> or he starts the movie. You know, he's at. He just matter of factly goes in with the exorcism. He gets on top of the possessed body and goes, "This is Constantine, John Constantine, asshole." <laughs> trying to get its attention like he's just like yeah you know it's me yeah and then he gives satan the finger when he's going that's, up to heaven that's, the uh, I, I wrote down there giving the finger while going ahead legend <laughs> <laughs> well he got he got rid of his cancer he did <laughs> um yeah so i think that's part of the reason one of the reasons why i like this movie is his character but also the story is very 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 interesting i like the idea of what the like the just kind of like the story what it's what it's the world is very good yes the world building works because they don't it works within the story they don't it's not heavy-handed you get a little bit of the exposition when they're at the diner yeah but it's not too much it's not an origin story even though he's a comic character and Everyone feels beholden to do this huge origin. Yeah. It's like, nope, he's an asshole, and this is the world. It's a, it's a good example of a movie that's, that builds its world but doesn't do it at the expense of the movie and the story it's being told. Yes. Uh, something that a lot of people should probably look to when they do their big world-building movies. Uh, you know, so you because you, you're left wanting to see more with Constantine. You're left wanting to see this his character and his story progress, whether it's with Angela Dodson or not she now I don't know if you know too much about the comics do you I know I know more now than I did back then yes I've I've looked up quite a bit of it I've read a okay. couple of the new graphic novels do you know who carries over from the comic to the movie in terms Chaz, of characters Chaz is a character in the graphic novels okay however in the graphic novels he's a taxi cab driver who is Constantine's friend and kind of um companion okay and he's actually the same age as constantine and not really like the sidekick mentor relationship sure okay um i also know that constantine in the novels is bisexual okay which plays into those as well and has had a very sordid past with quite a few people right okay. everyone constantine knows kind of die very doctor who-ish kind of style around him, everyone yeah. around him dies yeah it gets, okay it gets is worse at the end for knowing john constantine <laughs> i got you so let's talk oh, about Papa, Papa Midnight's he's, a recurring he, so, character. So, but Rachel Weisz's character is more for the movie. I've, like I said, I don't, I haven't read a lot okay. of graphic novels, but from what I've read about the history of his character as well, I've never read anything. About now, it. is this storyline from the novels? Bits and pieces are the fact okay. that he has cancer is from, um, but not the whole thing where the guys trying, devil's son's trying to come onto the world to stuff like. There's the a lot of, of stuff that deals with Satan, but I think that that's a very specific story for this film. Okay, like what about what about but the Gabriel? fact that the, the devil like takes it out. 
Um, I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Gabriel appears. I don't know if it's the same kind of character. Because well, Gabriel ends up being the antagonist, the, the the one behind it, or kind of like hastening the yes. the, the the bringing about which of is a very apocalypse. interesting character to be oh, as well. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. the fact that you know God doesn't protect Gabriel at the end and and ends it oh, to the being human. Yeah. Looks like you're not safe anymore. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, speaking of Stormare, one of the things I like is his, his, I like that. He, I don't know why he's dripping tar off his feet, but it's fine. It looks good. And, but like, he came up with that. Like that was yeah, his that's idea. His style, yeah. And then I'm like, and I read what like Lawrence, the director and the producers wanted, they wanted him in like leather pants and a dog collar with spikes. I'm like, dear Lord, why would you do that? The, the whole bondage angle is just kind of a little overdone. That's a little too yeah. Hellraiser. It's like, that's been done. I like yeah. that Stormare's idea was just let me be it. Yeah. White. I like that he's wearing all white. He's yeah. got the tar on his feet to kind of show that dirt. And that's yeah. what you see dripping. Yeah. Out. Yeah. But he's all white because he is an angel cast down. from Absolutely. Heaven, so that that yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's just so fucking creepy. He's so good. And he's funny. And he's just a really cool devil. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's up there with John Glover from Brimstone. If we're comparing devils, I really like that <laughs> as well. And I like Stormbear. I like I like when the actor just you're not horns. You're not anything like that. It's how you play the character. Yeah. Well, I think I don't think you're going to see a devil with horns. I mean, that's just that's that's an old, I guess, trope. That's an old thing. You're not going to want to <laughs> see that anymore. That's boring. Yeah. Um, real quickly, you talked about uh, Constantine being bisexual and the fact that, you know, he's uh, it, obviously they don't have that in this movie. Uh, not that in terms of being bisexual, but just somebody <laughs> him having sexual relationships. But it's in the deleted scenes. That's what I find interesting right. as well. Yeah, they they very much ignore any of that kind of. They play with it here, with, stuff, like with the, his kisses that he doesn't go into. With Dodds, yeah, with like the two of them are obviously attracted to each other, but not it. They never really that never really comes to fruition. But in the deleted scenes, we talked about Michelle Mana and she's playing someone named Ellie, which I I read was in the comic. That character's in the comic. Yeah, he has because this relationship with both right. heaven and hell. He's right. plays the field. <laughs> so right, exactly. So they are, I guess, just they hook up, and there's a they. But her whole the whole idea, I think from what I gathered from the three scenes that they kept cutting out was just for her to deliver the information that the devil would come up here personally to take Constantine back down to right. help because that's why he cuts his own wrist to kind of get him up there. I hear the, the devil moment. himself, but then Papa Midnight delivers well, the I, line. Well, I right? think they put it, I think they did. I think they put that in there because they had to get, they wanted to get rid of the other stuff. I think they're just trying to cut that out. What I think is interesting is like they did options because I like that, that they're multiple scenes. So they must have had that like, hey, I like this, but let's do it a bunch of ways to try to figure it out. It's a little looser. They might have been reshoots. Maybe, and went back yeah, and that's did a reshoot. True. And then we just see them in the deleted scenes. Yeah. I, so, did you did you like Gavin Rossdale in this movie? I didn't like. I was trying you, to figure out why he's in this movie. Here's the thing about Gavin Rossdale is that he's a singer, not a actor. Of course. And in terms of singers, especially at the time, like he was a known commodity. It's like now it's like it, it seems like like you're putting like you're putting like a guest on, like a cameo, and you're just like, hey, winking a nod. Here he well, is. I, I, he probably either was friends with somebody or. Knew somebody who knew somebody. Well, it seemed if you look at his IMDb page, like he, tr- he was trying to do more acting. Okay. Like but that makes sense because Bush came out around, man, early 90s, mid 90s. Bush was like early 90s. Yeah. yeah which I'm I'm a big fan. I like Bush a lot. Um, The band. <laughs> Butler. I knew this was going to come up. This I knew. Is, this I knew is I put a that family out. program, Butler. Well, Shame not this you. episode. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Gavin Rossdale and his music and stuff like that. Like, I I'm like surprised the, I he like doesn't the band have, Bush. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm surprised he doesn't have a song on the soundtrack for this. Oh, uh, Perfect Circle does, but nah, interesting. Being that he's in it, but I, I I know he's in it, and he's not the strongest actor. But I thought he does okay as like this 
guy in a suit who's always trying to look his best. Mm-hmm. Could they have gotten a stronger actor? Sure. Yeah. But he does a little kind of detract because I'm not thinking of him as Balthazar. I'm thinking of him as Kevin, Ross. Kevin Rossdale shoehorned into this. <laughs> Glycerine. Yeah. Um, I did like Tilda Swinton a lot in this. I, I like her. One of my favorite parts. This was the first thing I think I've seen. I saw her in. Really? It was 2005. I'm not looking. I'm not really watching the indies yet. True. True. Um, and her whole like the androgynous nature of the angels, I really like. Mm-hmm. I dig that. I mean, she's clearly a woman, but she's Gabriel. She's a guy. Right. 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 And she's wearing a suit at the beginning, and mm-hmm. she's wearing that weird costume at the end where she's got the band, the hospital bands, that say sorrow. Well, anger, she's wearing the same. All the emotions. She's wearing. People. I almost think that she's wearing her angel outfit because what's his face is wearing it at the end. Chaz is wearing it at the end of the uh, movie when they have the mid credit scene. Like he's got that same outfit on. Yeah. Because he becomes an angel for some reason. He does. I, I don't like that he becomes an angel. I think that's weird. <laughs> well, well, did you see the deleted scene where that's that was the ending that was of the, the movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of deleted scenes, a lot of stuff that they kind of like, like you said, they maybe they were trying to figure out to put this movie together, trying to figure out what would work, what wouldn't work. Well, we briefly mentioned in the beginning, and I guess it's a good time to go back to that. Mm-hmm. Francis Lawrence in the spe- uh, numerous special features on the the Blu-ray talks about how as soon as he got the directing job, one of the last people he spoke with was, was Keanu Reeves, who was already basically signed on to the role just to talk to him about, here's the style, here's what I'd like to do. Are you are you cool with me directing? Like, getting the approval from everybody. And he said he had just come off of filming The Matrix. So this is 99. This is Wait, just coming off. Come off all three Matrix movies? Maybe that's where I was confused. No, maybe. Was, were they done by yeah, 2005? Yeah, they were. I believe the last one came out 2003. Okay, then maybe he had just come off of okay, all of them. Probably. But so, but I mean, this thing had been in pre-production for a while because it had numerous directors, uh, the two two screenwriters, storyboarded everything like a comic. Mm-hmm. They said they filmed the room room with storyboards and pictures and diagrams and art and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if they just had the script and had alternate takes for pretty much everything. Here's this setting I could put it in, or here's this setting what do you guys like better? And maybe the producers just said, try it out. Mm-hmm. Cause it's also a very different kind of movie from what a lot of people have been putting out back then. Okay. Like, Hey, let's put this comic book movie. That's very fantasy. Well, it's a little darker. This. Yeah. And it's dark. So let's do a couple of different shots to see what works with what we can put together. So the, fa- and with uh, Chaz being an angel, maybe it was like, all right, let's go. But if that's a little too ridiculous to fantasy, we can drop back with that rooftop scene. I almost think that that scene's in there because he's a he was not a popular character. But he's like a you you wanted a root for him because he just wanted to help John out, and I think that's why it's in there. But I don't I agree with you. I don't understand why I need to know he goes he becomes an angel. It could also be, I'm let's see if test audiences react to Chaz being dead, and if they don't, let's give them a happy uh, maybe ending. maybe it's yeah. all about pleasing that test audience. But yeah, it still is. Yeah, uh, but uh, but here's the thing with Chaz, he disappears for 45 minutes in the movie. Like he just goes away, and like he's nowhere to be found. Now, maybe it's because I watched this so late, but is there not a scene where he just he talks about where he got Chaz, where he found Chaz? No, I don't remember I that. I always ever. thought there was, but now when I was watching this, like he never explains where Chaz comes from. Why is this kid, this underage kid, following around John Constantine? Doesn't he have a home or parents? Did his parents get killed by demons? Is that why he's maybe. I mean, obviously he has some yeah. kind of knowledge of this world, but well, you said he's from the comic, right? As an older taxi cab. Oh, uh, right, you're right. <laughs> well, maybe they just kind of glossed over yeah. that. How does this kid have a cab? Were his parents <laughs> cab drivers? It's like a little explanation kid. would be nice. Uh, t- one of the things that not threw me, but I thought was interesting were all the close-up shots. They're always straight on, like kind of like Wes Anderson style. And I was like, well, why are we doing this? Like, it was always like he was talking to us. Well, remember that he's Francis Lawrence is coming 
never having directed a feature at this point. True. But he's done a ton of music videos. Right. So okay. at that point, when you got your singers, they're always singing to you. True. They're always looking at you that's as a an good audience point. member, yeah, not off camera. Point. Yep. Not to be, I'm sure Francis Lawrence did small features in school or whatever. No, I, that's but, a good, what you're saying is a good point. That makes sense. I mean, it's just what he's used to and it's a different look. It, it You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's I, fine. I like that he brings almost like a glossy look to it. Um, which is interesting. It, it's dirty but glossy, which I I always kind of glommed onto as an audience member watching this was that that look, that style, but dirt as well. It's gritty without having like the grain effects to it. You know what I mean? Okay, this is turning into a love fest. So why don't we talk about what you don't like about it? I really like this. Movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> there's nothing you don't like. I told you I don't like that. Chaz doesn't really have a backstory. Okay. Um, why do the demons have half a head? Is it just creepy looking? I it was okay. in the special features. They talk about how. The demons only have half a head because the idea is that they're mindless, that they just do whatever they're told. Okay. So Satan wanted just mindless beasts that torture humans because that's all they know what they're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. they're not great at it, which is why they're en masse. You have like 50 of them, 100 of them, because they have no brains. They go by smell and taste, and they just know that they don't like, can't like humans. But the fact that they have no brains or mind of their own, they only mm-hmm. do what they're told. They're mindless beasts. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have half a head. Okay. Do you think that the effects, the special effects are... A product of the time, like because there's some some, some effects of them are work, okay. some, some don't. Them, yeah. Oh well, that or, or, then here's what I don't like. Okay. I don't like Bugman. <laughs> you mean not Mr. B Man, his o- friend, Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yeah, Mr. Oogie Boogie. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure he's a character from the comics. Okay. Um, but he's supposed to be a demon that, like, because that his whole point is like right. a full fledged demon came up and just. The, the uh, demon he's talking demon. about is the demon that possessed the girl. No, well, who? What was a full fledged what? What do you call him? I don't remember. No, it was the no because it was like an actual, not one of the half breeds. He calls them half breeds because yeah, they're all yeah because it's the only way you can get into right, this world. Yeah, right. the full He's, ones aren't right, allowed. Right, but I don't think that's really well done. I think it's a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. And he comes out of nowhere. He's not really explained. He's clearly got a connection with John Constantine, like he's met him before. Yeah. And I know that John Constantine started in the Swamp Thing comic books. Yes. So that natural kind of um, the world of nature is a big part of the comics, but we did not establish that in the movie. In the movie, it's just heaven and hell. So this character made of bugs. Looks cheesy, sounds cheesy, his dialogue's bad, and he just is just thrown in there, like shoehorned yeah. in there to put like an action scene in this. To, to use the beetle in the box. Right. The screaming beetle, yeah. And there's a deleted scene where he, like an alternate fight with him that wasn't completely done. I don't know if you saw that. Which I saw the whole, yeah, no, so, it was so like he didn't take it. He just it took a couple an, of swipes with that. It was an abbreviated sign. fight, yeah. And just like, well, he was swiping at it before he did, now, now he just gives up, and it just, yeah. that version was worse, but. The version they went with isn't much better. Yeah. Were any of the deleted? Did you like any of the deleted scenes? Like there was one deleted scene. I thought they should have at least put a part of it back into the movie. Was it the one where she investigates John Constantine? No, I didn't care about that. Oh, I, was, I thought that would have been. It's right. the one where she's watching her her sister on the video, and the, the her hand comes up behind her and touches her, and it's obviously her sister with yeah. her. And she turns around. I actually like that. I was like, oh, that's nice. But I should have put it somewhere else, or at least have it somewhere. I wasn't a huge fan of that because really? she's in hell. How is she putting her hand on her? Oh, come on, man. I I I like There's it better twins. just that I like it better just having her say John Constantine in the video than look back and that she didn't actually say it. Right. Okay. Because I think being stuck in hell, how is she getting the chance to put that hand on a comforting shoulder? Mm-hmm. She's getting like John Constantine said. She's basically getting vivisected over and over and over again for nice. infinity for killing herself. Right. Right. So. Okay. That makes sense. I guess. I don't think the effects of the heads disappearing to turn into demons were very well done either. Especially yeah. Balthazar at the end as well. I think that's a little dated. I like the look of hell, but I think those effects. You're talking about, but the, you're, the you're talking about the very end when they get when they get the holy water on them. That yeah, anytime they turn around, their faces appears like when they right, do, right, right. Uh, kid John Constantine flashbacks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I don't think that the mocap was 
very well done back then. That's a product of the time. You think it just did it wasn't advanced enough? Yeah. I think hell still looks good, but I think those effects. I like her getting dragged through the building. I've always really liked cool, that effect. Yeah. yeah. I, I but that's that, a lot of practical too. That's a lot oh, of sure. set design. Well, that's uh, I think they used a dummy. I think that's not her because they have a dummy for a replica. She'd, she'd be dead. <laughs> I know, no, no, I get <laughs> you. Dragged that but fast. They, I mean, clearly they used uh, a replica of version of her dead self because when she looks at herself. I think that's a really good scene too. Yeah. She's picking the hair off. I like that too. I like that she's, you know, concerned enough to take those individual strands out of her well, face. I think she's she also goes. doing that to show you that uh, that that person that I think it's just a nice touch. Yeah. I was, I was loving in movies when she walks in and clearly she is a conflict of interest because it's her sister. And he's like, clear the room. Like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Uh, I also didn't think they established the priest enough. What his power is. Yeah. He's a weird, he's an interesting character. I I don't, I mean, I, he's only there to just basically what, what is he there to do? Give John Constantine cases. Yeah, but like in this movie, his only purpose is to is to show him that symbol that he finds on her body. But like, wouldn't Constantine go and check out the body himself? Why is he having this guy send it? You know? Yeah, I don't know. They also give John Constantine the exorcism case, which starts him on the path to begin with. Correct. Um, I don't know if he's a character from the novel or not, the graphic novel. But I think he's a composite of three. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I wrote that. I actually wrote that down there. I'm, you know, I don't know why I'm saying. I'm thinking. <laughs> I wrote it down. Uh, he is Hennessy is a composite of three people from the comic. They eat like one is somebody who drinks all the time. One is somebody who can uh, just see or has you know, the the sight or whatever it is. Like so, and, and one's a priest. Like I think they just all put them together. That's why. Does he age? Is he supposed to be how old he is now in the movie? I think so, yeah. Okay, so it's not like he's like tiny. He's not like 185 years old. I never got that from the comics. Okay. No. I mean, All I right. think he's like a comic book character where they just don't age him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. He's just, he's constantly in his 40s. Interesting. Or <laughs> This movie was so good that Roger Ebert put it on his most hated list. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ebert, Ebert likes, he liked weird movies. He's, rest in peace, but his, his taste was uh, was not, not as similar to mine. <laughs> I mean, he he, lo- he wrote bad movies too. He wrote. Uh, did he write like a porn? Or he something like he that? did. <laughs> and I think he wrote like Beyond the Valley of the Dolls as well. He's you know, like I said, rest in peace. <laughs> so, Constantine, you talked about it briefly. Constantine was created for the Swamp Thing comic, but it was created by Alan Moore, right? He's created by Alan Moore. Yeah, yes. Who wanted no credit for this movie at all? He they, he never does. He does not like well, film or TV. He after does not after like I guess he I, what I have down here is he had bad experience with From Hell. Which is not that bad of a movie. And I like League, from Hell League a lot. of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That that movie just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't want. He didn't want. He just didn't want any kind of credit for anything that had to do with this movie. Which I mean, I, okay. He seems like he's very ornery. Yes, he pretty much curses every movie that comes out. He tells them like, "I hope it rots in hell," <laughs> stuff like that. Come on, life's too short, man. Would you have liked this movie? If Nick Cage was 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 in it, because he was set to star, no, would have been a different movie. It would have been a different movie. Yeah. He would have Nick Caged it. <laughs> like Keanu Reeves is understated, but he's not. Like you would have gotten Craig Cage going crazy. You would have had Cage not being more less of an asshole, more of a just kind of like out of control. Yes, he'd be more out of control, less of an asshole. Keanu Reeves understated assholeness. He's an asshole, but he's you could still believe he wants to do the right thing. You could still believe that he's in control, that he's not like a slave to the supernatural. Whereas Keanu Reeves, or like uh, not Keanu. Uh, Nicholas Cage would go all in on the supernatural and he'd be like, oh, uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like he would just go too far. And um, Keanu Reeves <laughs> usually doesn't play an asshole as well. Whereas Nicholas Cage, 
plays a jerk quite often. Well, what, or what, some version of a jerk. Picture him from Face Off. Not, exactly. Yeah. It's just too much. You don't want to see And we've him? already seen it. Okay. Keanu Reeves always being a good guy, being known as a nice guy, playing the jerk, playing the asshole is a nice surprise, a nice change of character. Almost like Collateral, where uh, which is another episode we did, guys, back in season one, Whoa. where Tom Cruise plays a villain because you don't usually see that. And it's a nice turn um, to see the actor play something they don't normally do and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, could they have gotten a British guy to play the character as well? Maybe. And I know they tried to get thought about bleaching Keanu Reeves' hair, and they did put him in the brown jacket for the test shoots and stuff to see if, like, the classic brown jacket would look good on Keanu Reeves, and apparently, like, it just didn't, so... It doesn't look good black. in general, yeah. Black jacket looks, works better. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the changes they made and having it in L.A. Um, I, it, did, it didn't, like... I mean, maybe because I wasn't familiar with the comic... Right. And so I'm not coming back. I'm not coming well, in the, from the, knowing the source. The character is very true to the comic in terms of just his flippant attitude. His almost like he saves the world, but only for his own gain kind right. of a thing. And the fact that he's just such an asshole is, mm-hmm. is all still very truthful to the core of the character, which is the most important thing, I think. Right. Now, I don't remember this in Hellboy, but I guess the Spirit of Destiny they used, the prop is the same one they used in Hellboy. Uh, from the special features, what I learned was the Spirit of Destiny is the same because that's the actual spear of destiny there's an actual spear of destiny in a museum in spain i think it is now and it's actually supposedly i heard it's fake yeah i'm sorry man i don't want to i don't want to i heard it's fake i guess the whole thing is the nail of of the nail one of the nails that put him on the cross is in the middle of the spear that's why the spear is kind of hollowed out in the center it was wrapped in the twine is there to twine the, the nail so that it always stays within the spear and the gold is there because the spear was broken at one point um, in the reign of actually the Constantine the uh, emperor or the ruler so it broke in half and they repaired it with that gold sheet around it and that was what was in Spain so when you see it in Hellboy when you see it in Constantine and when it eventually becomes a relic in Indiana Jones or one of its many Disney spinoffs oh. <laughs> it will look like that because that is the uh, classic well, they don't own spear. this they don't own the, the Constantine brand yet no, uh, I mean Indiana Jones. Oh, okay, because yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. they own Indiana Jones now. Gotcha. When gotcha. it eventually gets seen again, it will probably look very similar because that's supposedly mm-hmm. the true thing. Well, Much like the Ark of the Covenant, because there's already pictures and stuff, it's always going to look yeah with that, just like it does in Raiders. Sure, sure. Did you notice the they use uh, the same shot twice at the end? No, when they do that, when Dodson, uh, Rachel Weisz's character is taken by that you don't know it's Gabriel, but Gabriel's one that takes him. Yep. drops him in the water, drops him in that pool, the same pool that her sister drowned in her fell through or died she pulls a gun out and she fires at that dude that's that found the spirit destiny yeah, in mexico scavenger, right, right, yeah. right 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 so when she shoots it and it cuts back to outside the room and all those half breeds are waiting they all turn around so they all turn around and look so that's that's the first shot when constantine comes in and brings a chair he's like oh, i'm john constantine and they stop and they turn around they flip the shot horizontally and you can tell because of that one guy who looks like some French filmmaker who's got the black suit and he's a little overweight. He's got the dark glasses and he turns, and he's just like putting his hand in his pocket and he looks, he's on the left. He's on the left side in the first shot. And he's on the right side in the second shot. And I'm like, that's the same friggin' shot. I wonder if they did that because that original shot had a lot of Ellie stuff in it. I think they just used it to just, they had the shot just to use the just shot. It. I, it, what I have here was that they just, they just used it just to, they just did it. They just okay. did it. But like, a lot of those people, because I saw that guy in the bar, in Midnight's Bar, a lot of those people are in that bar. Yes, I so, know yeah, that, yeah. So I noticed that as well. But I also know the deleted scenes had a lot of Ellie stuff where he finds out oh, Ellie sure. wanted to do Menon coming back as well. Yeah, like I said, the Ellie stuff was 
they like they redid like we talked about they redid yeah. the same line over and over and i think it's just because they wanted to get to the point where like the devil was going to come up and get him yeah. which is why he slices his wrist so yeah absolutely um, i like that part where he can't light the the cigarette so the devil has tendons the yeah. tendons you cut so deep you cut the tendons here let me help you with that and he plays with the lighter he doesn't yeah. get him. no it's i'm still trying to sit here and figure out why i picked it <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I really liked is the uh, the props. Okay, I like the props a lot. The gun, the the gun prop, the holy water, even the screaming bug thing. Although it's cheesy, like I I just like a lot of like the looks of the props and all the the almost like the world building that they don't really have to get into because you're steeped in this phys- like there are a lot of CG effects, but you're also steeped in this physical world as well. The jugs of holy water he's got, but like, they never reference those. Yeah, but you just you just kind of realize it while you look yeah, at them. I'm, I'm guessing that's what they are. The fact that Beeman's like his netherworld cue. Like from James Bond, like the fact that yeah. he comes in. Oh, Here's the dragon this. breath thing, yeah. which is awesome as well. And the 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 rag that he has around his hand that he lights is supposed to be a shroud from uh, Moses's death shroud. It's supposed to be a piece of that. Oh, really? So that's why when he lights it and he and he kills all those demons when they're trying to chase him, I thought that was interesting. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Let me ask you this, though, because we talk about Beeman. Does Constantine live above the pole, the bowling alley? Yeah. Okay. You see it. You see it in a scene where they, they have it panned out and you see him sitting down in his apartment. Which is an awesome gigantic lob. Yeah, you see that underneath it's bowl, bowling. The bolarama is right underneath. Okay, all right. Because I was wondering how he got down there so fast when they first discovered that Beeman's. Oh no, I'm sorry. When she goes into the netherworld, when she she's in the pool, and she realizes and she just starts Beeman. Yeah, right. She just starts walking down there to get the to get the coin. Which in the deleted scenes, he tries to figure out who killed Beeman by using his um right yes. his revealer tattoo. Yes. Um. Which would have been cool to see. I, I kind of like that. I, I think they should have kept that because it uh, lets you know what his tattoo does. I guess before he does it again with Gabriel. I I, I kind of I still like it when he uses it at the end. I yeah. You know what I mean? Just kind of like another other thing that he has up his sleeve that he can use. So oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> the pun pun intended. I guess because it is up his sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, no. I kind of like that. I didn't mind that it wasn't in there. Yeah, that's fine. So it didn't bother me. But it kind of gets that. That's why she runs down to try to figure it out. Right, I, I, I got the sense that she just—I don't know how she knew that the coin was down there. Like, well, now she's a super powerful psychic. I got that she's just so much more powerful than Constantine, and she's just hidden it. And now she's got this well, superpower because of, because of being a twin. And she right. talked about how she ignored it. And she let know, it she pretended waste it, away, it, but now yeah. she's got it wakened up, and she's just which again, it would have been good to see this carry over to another uh, movie, another. With those two characters, well, I you know, know Keanu Reeves when he envisioned Constantine too, what he wanted to have is John Constantine in like South America, and he failed at becoming a better person. Oh, okay. And now he was like addicted to heroin, and more people have died oh, because Jesus. of him. He just really started to fail at doing his job. Like the de- he's basically the devil got into his head about you deserve to be in hell, right? And he had to redeem himself when some demon comes back. But you'd have him battling even more demons being even more on the deep end i don't even know if they would do that they probably wouldn't that'd be tough but it would be fun to see of course but <laughs> I, I think they, they would they'd probably have somebody else in there i i can't i i don't know where they would go i know that it, the credit's in there for one of the writers for constantine too i saw like, yeah he's just about, but yeah. that's probably like wanted to and we were talking about another episode that we talked about wanted. yeah he probably wrote it and was like i have it if you guys ever want to yeah jump on so it. i don't even know if that's even plausible do you like the line about the cats when he first goes over half to half in, half out. The cats are good. They're already half in, half yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I, as somebody who cats don't like me because like I'm allergic to them. Yeah. I don't, yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, yeah. I also like the line at the beginning when Constantine goes to visit Gabriel in the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's told, you know, he can't win the favor of God because it's not that he doesn't. You have to believe. 
and the difference between believing and what John Constantine does. John Constantine knows, right? But he doesn't believe because he already knew. So it's not the same. He doesn't have that faith, right? Now, in that scene, does she see Gabriel as Gabriel, or does she minus s- the wings? No, I get that. Well, we don't see the wings in that. John Con- Constantine sees the wings, but then as they soon go as away. they walk away, yeah. Right. So I feel like that's what John. You're just seeing what John sees. He always then, like, sees the wings. I think so. Yeah. But so that when she sees, she just sees this woman talking to John. She just sees, yeah, this this person in the suit talking to the, right. the priest, and then they walk away, and now she's watching, yeah. What does she think she's talking to the priest about? Like, I'm wondering that. Like, what's that conversation? Like, does the priest know that that's Gabriel? My guess is the priest knows it's Gabriel, because I think that he goes to that church. I think he talks to that priest a lot. They just happen to have the same okay. priest that is understood. I think anyone Constantine goes to see in the church knows about the supernatural. Knows who Constantine is. Yeah. Okay. I was that was that was a little interesting. I was just trying to figure out the world in terms of, but again, that's another way of world building, but not like hammering it into your right, head. Yeah, right. not going too overboard with it. I also like Gabriel's line at the end where he goes, "You're dying of lung cancer because you smoked. You're not dying because anyone's got no favor with you. You're dying because you smoked thirty cigarettes a day since you were twelve. Mm-hmm. Basically, you fucked." And I like that the angel says you're fucked. I was like, "Oh, that's that's a good line." But and when Constantine finds out that he's got the masses in his lungs and he's talking to the person and he's like, can't you save me like last time? I was like, well, what was, what was last time? Is she an angel too? Is that what we're supposed to assume? I don't think she's an angel, the, the doctor. I just think maybe can't you save me like last time? Maybe. See, the thing is, she's not that old. So it's like I had always assumed what the line meant was when you tried to kill yourself when you were younger. Okay. But she's not. She's probably yeah, that- the same age as Constantine. So... Maybe just another adventure he was on and almost got himself killed. Maybe. I don't know. Like he goes to the same person because she knows his injuries are supernatural. Yeah. It just seems like there's a lot of, there's not a lot of, I don't need to hide it from people. Exactly. Well, that's another thing I like about this movie. You're not seeing John Constantine at the start of his career. This is John Constantine in the middle or even end of his career. This is a John Constantine who's done everything. This Mm -hmm. is like a superhero movie. You don't have Clark crashing on Krypton. You have him already this great protector of Metropolis. Batman already being Batman, like when the Robert Pattinson movie comes out, I don't need to see him become it again. Oh, they're doing that again. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's like, that's, who cares? Yeah. You, if you already know the character, or if you do a movie like this where the origin story doesn't matter as much as who he is in the world he's in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that the, the movie gets so right and makes it so interesting because it, it, it goes. You're, you're in the story. You're not introducing a character, uh, you're not introducing an origin and the story itself. You're just getting into that story. Mm-hmm. I like that hell is basically, and the, the production designer had this idea of Francis Lawrence wanted hell to be the LA freeway because he liked the idea of the LA freeway being hell because it's it famously so terrible to drive on. <laughs> Still is. And uh, the production designer had this idea of hell being a nuclear explosion that minute before everything gets blown away when everything is half off, half in, like half disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And that hell was basically that moment stuck in time. And so they just merged the two and the idea of, being basically an alternate universe hell is an alternate universe and then heaven also becomes that alternate universe as well when keanu reeves gets taken up it's the top of the skyscrapers in this beautiful like picturesque los angeles skyscraper view i i really like that idea of alternate universes that Mm -hmm. that's what heaven and hell are they're not like now you're in this cave dungeon (laughs) thing although they do show that everybody's getting tortured underneath la in the subway system right right Um, so I, i really like that design for hell and heaven that look to it. I I I I I didn't I didn't mind it. I don't know if I'm if I'm saying if I want to live in a down there where it's always windy. No, I don't think he and always hot. I don't really know if he has a choice. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's his world, it's his. So but he was but, cast down there. He's forced to rule. 
Uh, but it wasn't. It didn't exist until he was, he was casted out. So it's right. his own place. Right. Yeah. So. But so yeah. So he made it. But that's why he wants to come to Earth and take over Earth. But he wants to do it the right way, where it proves that humans suck. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's that whole heaven and hell and God versus the devil. It's it's always very like that. You know, they they're diametrically opposed, but they play by rules. And you know what I mean? It's almost like a little, it's just convenient to the storytelling of a lot of stories, not just Constantine that, you know, humans are the chessboard pieces. And I, I yeah. think it works. I mean, that's like life. That's like the, un- the supernatural. When people believe in like a religion or a faith, it's that there are these forces that we can't see or have any control over that do have some part in our lives that we don't, we can't comprehend. Well, all all books of faith and all faith is based on stories and the way you tell storytelling and right, just, fables and just, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's how they that's how you you use it. And that's how you use those examples. So that's how you can explain it into a into a film and be like, this is why you don't see you know demons and goblins just walking around the street saying hey to you every day, getting so, coffee in the morning. Well, I mean, can I, I get a can I get a large decaf, extra blood, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's coming, brother. Ew. <laughs> 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 All right, so I guess you love everything about this movie. You, you don't hate anything. Fun you, fact: I actually went as John Constantine uh, for Halloween. I don't know if that's and a fun. I don't know if that's a fun. I want a Halloween fact. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just a fact. Fun fact: I won. Was, I won a contest. Was that? Was that? <laughs> was that a, a couple costume with your fiance? No, she went as a, a female version of Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> and that's that's fail. That's not, I went that's, as. That's I went not as Constantine. Why did she just go as Doc Brown? Because. <laughs> Rick's Rick's more fun. Uh, but Rick's not brown. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying, basically, if anyone wants to recast Constantine for a film, I'm blonde. I can do a British accent. I look in the trench coat. I already won a costume contest, so, you know. Anyways. So I think we know what Butler's commercial is going to be for uh, Constantine. It's going to be him dressed as Constantine. Oh, yeah, I already got ideas. Doing some cool-ass thing, and I'm probably doing nothing, right? But I don't even have to be in that commercial. It could just be you. I have I have ideas. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so I think we're done. Uh but the butler's done gloating about his love for Constantine. I'm still waiting to see why you like this movie and why you no, put it on the I list. No, I do like this movie. I, <laughs> I, I think I just, like I said, I think I put it on the list because I've never felt that this movie was considered a, a, a hit in its cinematic run. Maybe its cult following is, like I said before, is probably why it's now people like really like it. I've never met anyone that didn't like this movie. Um, and I think, again, I talk about how uh, there's been a shift in the thinking of Keanu Reeves as an actor for un, for unknown reasons because I, I don't believe it. I never believed it in the first place. Yeah. Do you think this movie would have been done? Would have fared better now than 2005, 15 years ago? Uh, he's older now, playing it older. You think like now the way he is now in his fifties? Sure, even just the exact same film, but done now. Slightly no, better I think I think it'd be a little to, more but... popular. Honestly, if you've seen him in the John Wick movies, I think he can absolutely just do that. Do that role, yeah. Do the Constantine role because yeah, yeah, he can definitely handle it. And and I wouldn't. I mean, listen, we're gonna get a new Bill and Ted, so I'm okay with a new Constantine. Oh yeah. (laughs) So if you like what we're talking about, uh, feel free to uh, hit us up on our. You can email us at forgottencinemapod at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on all of our social media places. We're at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also visit our website where we have all of our episodes. I know we briefly touched on like maybe three or four in this episode. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> well, there at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. There's a contact form there. You can also just email us and let us know, hey, you know, do this movie, do that movie, and we'll, we'll be happy to kind of accommodate. And join us next week. We're going to be doing another movie that, well, 
this movie Mike saw, but last week Mike had not seen Three Days of the Condor. Coming up, we're going to be doing a movie that he had never seen called Two Family House. I had never even heard of. Ah, interesting. <laughs> this is a movie that I I think you're going to like, and I and because one of the notes I have on it, and we'll wait till next week, is is why is why I think you'll like it. Um, but it's 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 a really good movie. Uh, my friend Adrian, we both loved this movie when we first saw it. This, obviously, this movie's twenty years old. Um, it's definitely an indie. So we're going to do two family house. If you, if you can find a place to watch that, please do. If you would like to watch it before we talk about it, if not, uh, I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, My name is Mike field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been forgotten cinema. One soul, I would come up here to collect myself. Mm-hmm. So I've heard.